Oftentimes on the show, we shine a spotlight on athletes in their young 20s to mid-30s, living their physiologically best years chasing the top of the athletic world. But every now and again, there are other areas of our sport that really catch our eyes and our imaginations. Michael Gill is one of those people. Beginning running in his teens, then running with the notable Windsor Lancers, taking five years off from the sport, and eventually returning to the sport, Michael, an athlete born in 1977, has found his stride this year, capturing both the Ontario Masters 5000 in 1444 and 10,000 in 3045 records. Michael joins us this week, and we talk about those races, what he enjoys about the sport, the legacy of Gary Malloy, Twizzlers, and a whole lot more. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on both Instagram and Twitter. My name is Michael Rokas, and this is a Tracky Radio production. Man, it's been a heck of a season for you, both the Ontario Masters uh, 10,000 as well as 5,000 meter records. What has it been this year that uh, that's really clicked for you? Like, what what do you think it has come through in your training and and really brought you the season that you've had? We sort of have to roll back to say just before we turned over to 2019. I was um, just sort of starting up on my own again after sort of having coaches for a while, and I was just sort of assessing where where, where to take the season. So I just sort of referred back to some old workouts and sort of pieced together what I think I could do to make it work and sort of carry over into May because I was sort of thinking, well, maybe this will be about it, see, see if I could dip under 15. I thought I might have an outside shot at that in the 5K, and so that was sort of my big goal. And I thought, well, maybe I'll refer to my uh, one of my old coaches at uh, Windsor. I went to Windsor for university um, a number of years ago now, but uh, so I actually talked to Gary Molloy. Um, you know, Sally just uh, passed away this past spring, but um, yeah, I got to talking to him a bit, and he was uh, very receptive to what I was doing, and um, sort of gave me some bit of feedback, and and then I went about going to indoor 3K in Toronto. And I had bumped into Walter uh, Fion there, and he sort of had a look at the the race, and um, I, I just sort of turned out to he he often goes to most races around here, and uh, you know he gave um, so like what would happen often around it's sort of that two third point where we often start to waver a bit, and you kind of lose those uh, the pace for a bit, and then you sort of come back a little short of what you're going for, and. So he approached me afterwards and said, you know, um, you know, I might have a, a coach who might be able to help you out if you want. Um, you know, he wasn't pushing anything. And I said at the time, well, I wasn't really looking for a coach. At the, just uh, sort of seeing what, what I could do on my own. Just uh, just needed a little break to sort of work on things by myself. And then he said, yeah, no problem. And then he sort of said there was this one guy that might uh, – was really on board if I wanted uh, wanted some help, and I said, yeah, again, no problem, um, not really, but, uh, and he said, well, I could have a look at your, your workouts, and I said, sure, um, and so he gave me a bit of feedback, and the next thing I know, he was basically uh, tearing up what I had, and went on, uh, you know, not a, I wouldn't say revolutionary, but uh, differently, a different angle from what I was used to. The next thing I I knew, like, 
where he had initially said, yeah, it looks good with what you got, and then a 3K race, and then when I, <clears throat> he finally said, well, if you want, I can maybe give you a couple of workouts, see if we can sort of put together that final third of the race where you, um, you, know, you start to struggle a bit. And, and uh, so, yeah, he sort of gave me about three weeks' worth of uh, workouts, like, well, just uh, like two, two workouts that I would to do, like one on a Tuesday, one on a Friday kind of thing. And so I went to York for a few of them just because, you know, dead of, <clears throat> dead of winter, there's many other options where I am. And uh, so, yeah, like the big thing was he would introduce <clears throat> kind of honest effort for like a long, like a long set. So, for instance, if I was, you know, doing like 3K, 5K, you might give me like a slightly faster than tempo effort for a mile. So, you know, like it's not going to kill you because, you know, everyone's used to tempo pace or slightly faster and it's only a mile. So, and then, um, but then you go off a quick rest and then sort of hit some either 500s, 400s, or 300s. You know, so you might do some 500s at basically what your race pace is. So, again, it's getting you comfortable, setting you up for success. But then, you know, you're starting to get a little bit of lactate happening. And then you get, uh, then you sort of come in, maybe get a little bit more of a break and then go a bit harder. And then, and then you're just sort of approaching what the race pace was, but then, Finally, you're going to go slightly faster than race pace, then come off of a quick rest, and then try and hammer home like your race pace effort for a K. So that's sort of in a just what he's working on. It's just sort of really introducing that, like when you're tired, you might have to still go fast. So it's just sort of like hardening your your physical ability plus your your mental toughness. And so that's sort of because I think that's what we're often faced with. You're sort of there's that go, no go point in a race. And so that's just sort of where you're able to roll and sort of like, you know, that you've gone, you know, sort of like say the magic number is 70, 72 seconds a lap. You know that if you need to, you can go with 68. If you need to sort of hook on with someone and sort of drag you through. That's a, that's a, a really, you know, I, I don't think I, I've heard that, uh, that, that type of training before. I, I mean, people use, you know, the, the different paces and stuff. And it, it makes me wonder, I mean, you know, Walter is a fairly well-known master's athlete himself um, as well. Do you, do you think that, um, you know, as, as you go along in life and stuff, and, and you sound like a, a lifelong athlete, we'll, we'll, you know, go over that in a little bit. Do you think that your training needs have changed as you've gotten older? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, the big thing, like, I mean, for one thing, like uh, in terms of Walter, I had, before this year, I hadn't even really known he was a, a coach. He, didn't, he wasn't really a, his, a big self-promoter. I mean, I knew him in passing. I met up with him a couple, for a couple of runs. Just he's... He lives. He lives close by, but you know, he didn't even offer that up. Just sort of in passing, he said, "Well, if I help you out, I can help you out." And I said, "Sure." But uh, yeah, the in terms of needs, I think like a lot of masters athletes, you, you know, you sort of hit that. You know, if you're doing it regularly, you know, you might not notice anything. And up to like 35, 36, 37, you just you start to sort of feel these little things happening. That's like. Oh, that's a little harder than it used to be, or <laughs> doesn't quite fire as much. But uh, and then like 38, like 39 seemed to be for me where it sort of really sort of hit reality. Um, and the big thing was just sort of addressing the speed, because uh, 
yeah, so like those shorter, like threes, fives, those are important. Whereas I think when the older athletes a lot are enamored with the long distance, like half marathons, marathons, and so you, you kind of get stuck in these uniform pacing. And uh, so when it starts to hurt, you know, you just you just don't have that ability to sort of bring it up a little, that extra gear. And so like what these workouts do is just sort of, just sort of keeps that bolster full of options. And uh, so that's what's really helped, I think. You know, I want to go back a little bit, uh, back to May when, um, when I saw you run the, the 10,000 meters, uh, in, in London, it was the Ontario championships. Uh, you ended up, up coming third overall first master, uh, breaking the, the Ontario record with a, with a 30, 45, I believe. Um, what, what I remember about that race was, uh, and you've mentioned that, that you're an old Windsor, Windsor Lancer, but, uh, you were wearing a Windsor Lancer, uh, singlet. I believe that was, that was just fresh off the, off the passing of, of Gary Malloy. Um, you know, is, is, was, was that someone that you were paying homage to? And, and, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what role did Gary Malloy play in, you know, your continued, uh, your continued athletic uh, participation and success? Um, yeah. So for the first part of that question, yeah, it was, uh, more of a, like an homage to, you know, Gary and in larger extent, the, the program itself, it, you know, it was in a bit of a, um, you know, it hasn't had the best of results in the last couple of years and, um, Every program sort of has peaks and valleys. Hopefully, they're on a bit of an upturn soon. But it was more of a yeah homage to uh, Gary because um, I just find it was and it's been something that a lot of uh, people say with teams like you don't sort of wear those your team uh, singlet lightly. Like so, I, I thought it would just sort of be a one a one off because I just thought it was sort of a, was part of my life when I was in, you know, like late teens, early 20s, but, you know, now I've moved on to other things, and so, you know, you just don't sort of, unless there's sort of like alumni races, that's about the only time I would wear it. Um, in terms of the other part, uh, yeah, Gary was, you know, much, like, more important than the coaching aspect. He was, uh, you know, he, he was a, you know, long-time teacher, and so that sort of comes across. He was just the more important thing for Gary was being a mentor, and so for like a number of us, myself included, you know, you sort of that, you know, that 20 to 24 can often be a difficult time. You don't know where you're going, what uh, other struggles you have. You know, it's your first time out on your own, and like where 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 are you going? Um, what's coming down the pike? And so yeah, there's a number of times where you know you had like long sit downs with him over a meal and sort of help uh, hash things out for you, and that's, um, those are sort of the more important takeaways I get from Gary, and I think he's, like any number of athletes could probably tell you the same, same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, um, my memories of, of the man have always just been, been so encouraging and, and such a big supporter it was it was really nice to to see that sort of support especially from from alumni like yourself you know that that race was uh, you know it was it was something very spectacular to watch because the the field was so loaded with uh with 
with good current runners and you know to to watch yourself as as a master come out and uh and you know just perform so so well uh it was it was likely very encouraging you know just for for everyone to watch you know i i have to wonder though um you know, from from what you've said, that the the ten thousand kind of seems like it's it's on the upper range of of what you like to do. Um, did did you have the the Ontario record in mind going into the? I mean, like, what what were the goals going into that race? Um, well, to be honest, it, it was it was just it was a very nice, good stretch of training, like a really good training block from. I gotta say, late February uh, through to that race, uh, you know, it's just very consistent. You know, he would, um, Walter would send the week's workouts. It sort of hit the marks, and you know, it's right on the ball, right on the money. Just you know, and obviously, he's always forever tweaking. So you know, he's just like whatever I'm doing, he makes the adjustments. So if I hit the marks, obviously, he probably starts moving the. What do you call the chains? You know, like in football, like mm-hmm. moving a little further. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, what I was doing in February might have felt easy in comparison to what I was doing by like late May. And so, I think I believe I like I seated myself at about thirty fifty. Like, cause I, like the the goal was going sub thirty one, and it wasn't until I don't know if I re- referred to what the record might have been. Um, until like the day of, I wasn't really mindful of it at the time. And it was just sort of, this happened to be my goal and what my fitness was. And the, the upshot was that, you know, the, the Ontario record was right around that range anyway. So, um, yeah, it was more happenstance than anything. It wasn't sort of say a month out, let's go for the record. It was just, just sort of rolled with the training at that point, still kind of at that point, our relationship was only about two months old, so you know you're just sort of going with the flow at that point. You know, let's flash forward. To, uh, you know, a couple of months later, you're in Hamilton. Um, you know, the, there's a hot five thousand being set up. Uh, you jump into it. I mean, they have they just have a really great history in Hamilton of of putting together you know great twilights, great fields there. Uh, you you end up rolling a fourteen forty four. Uh, in in the five thousand there, coming coming in second in that race, uh, quite quite an amazing time. I mean, what what was the strategy going into there? What, what were what were the goals? Uh, you know, with stepping on the line in Hamilton for that race. Uh, okay, so um, going back, there was so the month before there was the Ontario Championships at York and. Um, for about five weeks leading into, or I guess about seven, seven or a week, eight weeks prior to that, it's sort of like battling with a bit of an injury. So I was sort of like compromised training for about five, six weeks. It was like I wasn't off, but it was just sort of highly reduced uh, mileage and just sort of mainly easy runs. And then sort of about two weeks leading into the 5,000 at York, um, I was sort of starting to just do a bit of um, sort of speed work, and so there was a couple of good workouts in, heading into that, and so we just sort of make, made an adjust adjusted goal there of let's see if we can get under 15 because I was trying to do that uh, like Hamilton has that Hamilton opener, hmm. I think at the, like usually the end of May, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, I sort of had to 
pull out of that and so that we're just sort of building back up and so the managed to get under 15 at York and then we had an, a meeting the Sunday after and basically says he was unbeknownst to me he <clears throat> was chatting with Paula at McMaster sort of thinking well I think um, Mike might go for a, a, a record at your meet and can we get a I guess trying to get a pacer if possible and I said and so that that's where he sort of said I think if we can get another solid month of training you should uh, try and go for the masters like uh, the men over 40 uh, record and so that was that was the goal heading into that meet I think that's about it's about uh, 1434 Oh, okay. Uh, when you when you cross line and you know it was fourteen forty four, was was that a surprise to you, or you know was was were all your workouts kind of pointing towards towards that time? Um, yeah. Well, like the big uh, indicator was like um, one of uh, Walter's workouts was a uh, like start with a two k. Like uh, like 2K race pace, like uh, those are <laughs> by yourself are very uh, challenging to say the least. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, no. So it was basically go for the first mile at race pace, and then sort of kick in. And then for me, that would, I was supposed to kick and do a 65 uh, final lap to get the 2K. And then, then uh, what was it? Then it was a collection of 400s, and then I was supposed to then do another. 2k and then a one 1k finish and so that one i i wavered a bit um i I sort of was tweaking with what i had uh in the morning at breakfast but you know i was able to get through it and then we sort of had another one where it was uh miles and so i was like i was hitting like the miles in the workouts at around like 440 to 444 so yeah we're fairly i mean obviously certain things have to come to a line like uh you know temperature conditions like who's racing so like you know some there is a certain amount of luck but we thought if everything came through there was a decent shot at going for it so yeah it was uh i was certainly happy it was just yeah it was it was um the i was basically that was going to be 20 seconds faster than i'd ever run before so that's another that unknown can kind of make it a bit challenging but yeah no we were able to go for it and um, um, Sergio was obliged as being a pacer so yeah very appreciative of that like had he not been there I'd basically have had to run on my own which would have been because you know Kyle Grieve I think it's mm-hmm. like, yeah Kyle Grieve um, you know he was going for like 14 minutes so obviously the two of us wouldn't be able to key off of each other and so the fact that Sergio was there was great it was just I kind of knew at well, really after one lap, I'm just like, oh man, this is <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be a bit of a challenge, and because uh, it's yeah, the the five thousand, I think when you, you know, when you're really trying to hit your goal time, it's pretty relentless on the track. Like it just sort of each kilometer that goes by, it's sort of like you've got a uh, one of those army backpacks, and the first couple laps it's empty. By the first k, you know, you've poured in say five pounds of sand and by the fourth K you've got you're carrying forty and you're trying to still maintain that same pace. So like uh, I guess it was two fifty five a K when it was trying to hit so by 
3K, a 255 feels like a 250 or 245, but you're still going the same pace. And uh, it was, yeah, it's about 2.5K. I thought this is probably going to be a bit bit too hot of a pace. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't pack it in by any means, but, uh, and actually when uh, Kyle sort of started to come back with about a K to go, that sort of was actually a bit of a saving grace for, um, you know, not for him, unfortunately, but <laughs> the, it sort of helped sort of pull me through because it just, it was one extra thing to shoot for, you know, just sort of, you know, we were able to sort of race a bit. And so that sort of pulled the, the time, I think, better than it would have been had he just been able to sort of hold his pace throughout. So, yeah, all in all, like slightly disappointed, but, uh, I mean, it was it was a very good effort, and uh, um, yeah, no, I came away pleased. It was still like uh, like I said, a lifetime best, so can't complain at this age. So. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned that it would be you know about twenty seconds off of you know the fastest time that that you would ever run in a five thousand. That to me just sounds so daunting you know like you know stepping on the line realizing that you have to run that much faster that that can be very mentally tough but you know i have to think at this point you have um 25 years of of racing experience um you know think to you know when you're running it in university and, and when you're getting getting started what what do you think is is mentally tougher, you know, taking 20 seconds off at that point or taking 20 seconds off now that you have all that experience and know what goes into a race? Hmm. Um, well, I think it's maybe easier when you're younger because when you're younger, I, I just, I don't think a lot even grasp pace. Like, whereas when you're say 25, 30 years old, you know, you, you really get focused on, you know, that three minute a K or that, you know, 320 or 250. And uh, whereas when you're just like, if you're 18 and you're just, uh, you know, very precocious about it, I just, you, you're just going. And, uh, and that, and so that's where you, you know, like you, you just watch an amazement. Um, like if, like obviously in Ontario, there's that, off the system, you know, you start with your city meets, and there's sort of a smaller region, larger region, and up, up to Ontario's. And you can see, you can see, uh, you know, girls and and boys will start at one pace for the city meet. By the time they get to Ontario's, they've chopped off more than a minute on their 3K time. You know, like it just, and that's over a course of a month. Because they, they just think they're just more. It's racing. They're chasing, and uh, so. In that sense, it's uh, a bit easier. I guess what makes it easier as an adult is, like you said, you know, I've been running for a while, and so you you don't get impatient. Like a lot of times, I'm in these races, and uh, someone thinks, "Well, you just went around me. I've got to get right back and uh, not lose them, lose them," and uh, and then they they get uh, a bit antsy, and you just sort of realize, well. We're not, we're not even uh, a quarter of the way in through this race. And so, like, I sort of mentally know, okay, that guy's in trouble. But, uh, just let him go right now But because I know a couple of laps he'll be come back to me. So it's just there's pros and cons to both, obviously. I'd say, yeah, the big thing as a seasoned vet is you, you, you don't get caught up in, say, a, a tough workout if it didn't go so well. It's like, you know, that you've had 
two months worth in the bank that have gone well, and so they they obviously still count. Same thing happens in a in a race. You know, you you have a plan and you stick to it, and uh, you don't worry as much about what other people around you are doing. You know, I think anyone who trains seriously thinks about uh, self-preservation, thinks about longevity in the in the sport. Specifically, what are you doing? You know, as far as your recovery goes, and and has that has that changed over time with with your racing? You know, what what are you doing now? Well, you know, I had mentioned how I uh, I don't think I specifically said the injury, but I, the what had me pull out of the the Hamilton opener was uh, it's like a it's like a slight hamstring pull in the in the left leg, and. I've dealt with a number of them where, you know, you, you're in a workout and you feel a slight twig. It's like, well, I can do another, you know, you inevitably think, oh, I can do another repeat. Well, I got through that one. Okay, I can do another one until it finally just says, no, you're done. So I knew in the workout I held a slight tweak and I think, like, okay, end the workout. But now being north of 40 as opposed to 25, the, the slight tweak takes that much longer to get through. And so... A lot of what I was doing, just sort of to carrying me through the the season, was just really getting on the my own personal physio. So doing like sort of an ice pack for five minutes and then a hot pack for five minutes. Do that a couple of times, and so I was just getting into sort of a lockstep with that after every workout, every run, just to sort of hold hold me together until the the race in August and. So there's that, and you know, just being cognizant in the the off day runs. Like it's a very specific target. You know, as Walter would tell me, how many medals are handed out for a Wednesday easy run? And <laughs> so you don't need to try and prove anything to anyone by you know knocking off a couple of uh, 340ks. You don't just. For me, it's you know it's about a 430, 445. Uh, on off day runs and then you know it's more of a focused long run where it might be you know towards that four minutes um but uh yeah like looking back that's sort of one of the big contrasts between the university and now and is sort of really backing off on the the easy days and and then it allows you to go for it on the on the hard days obviously because it's probably um, you know they try to ingrain year after year because it's always a new crop of juniors and so the each each one I think they think well this person's that fast so I have to go that fast all the time and and obviously with with juniors they can they can actually fool you for a couple of months but then it might finally it's like a rubber band eventually snaps and then unfortunately their season's over so I, uh the good thing about when you're a master is after a hard workout by default, the next day is a, a slow run because yeah, uh, you don't recover quite as quickly. So I'm never in danger of going too hard for too long because, uh, you know, the body just sort of knows that, you know, regular off-day runs at four minutes a K just isn't happening because I just, I just sort of know that I'm breathing too hard and I just sort of back off, whereas, you know, the guy that's 20, even 20, 28, Sub four just feels natural when you're like, you know, that university trained athlete. Um, sub four all the time feels no problem. Whereas uh, I just sort of get the signals much earlier to back off than they might. 
you posted a, a picture pretty pretty shortly after breaking the record of uh, of a pack of Twizzlers and and, uh, and and a bag of chips. What what's the story there? I, I I'd be interested to know. Uh, well, um, like, so I think the you know I've had some coaches that you know are very uh, regimented on you know like you gotta always eat the right stuff and uh you know because it's all about putting in your training and i just i look at it as i need a certain amount and like it's a bit of a, a grind as it is and so if i'm going to be regimented about everything I'd, I'd be likely to snap so i just got to keep it fun and i guess pre prior to that picture um i had said uh, i posted you know i think uh, another picture of chips and twizzlers and i sort of said okay for one week, I'm on a bit of a sabbatical. It's going to be rough, and <laughs> and then I, I think afterwards, I think I admitted to it being about a 24-hour um, <laughs> moratorium on the junk food, and and then uh, Walter's uh, wife Joy sort of ch- uh, chimed in when I posted that, saying, you know, she she does the exact same thing, and uh, you know, like people don't believe believe you, but you know, like you know, you run a lot enough miles, and you're obviously going to stay fairly trim and and so that was the po- picture you're referring to was um she had actually given given it to me as sort of this uh reward at the end of the season and so i just sort of posted uh posted that because i had, I've, I've done that a few times on on facebook you know most people get a kick out of it you know i i gotta know um you know you've mentioned you you've run as as a university runner you've you've stuck with it and you know you're putting down times that that uh you know are are as fast as you've ever run um what what are the reasons to run you know at age at age 20 versus you know now what has have the motivations changed and and are you finding enjoyment in in different parts of your training now yeah i'm the i suppose like a, a lot of people um when you get out of university there isn't that camaraderie of component like it's it's more on your own and and so very quickly there's a, a steep drop off like people think well this is something i did when i was younger now it's you know it's time to focus on you know career maybe settling down family and and um which are obviously very good things to strive for but um i think as your age like for me i i kind of did the same i just uh stopped running entirely for about 5 or 6 years and uh, you know you just you know, for me personally, you know, I just found myself in a bit of a rut, and uh, so you're just sort of thinking, well, okay, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a rut, and I'm not running. Well, maybe getting back to running would help. Uh, you know, because as a lot of people have said to me, like you, you never really feel worse after a run, and so you know, it, it took a while. I equated it to um, when I first started. Is this feel? Is this what it feels like when someone takes up smoking? Like it just when you go because when you take about five years off, you essentially become a, a non-runner, and uh, so it was a bit of a grind getting back into it. But you know, you you do it, and it's uh, you know, it's it's like anything you're striving for. I think it's important to have goals with it, and um, it just it makes other things 
possible. Like from if it's like if you're struggling for what's your career options are, or you're struggling with a certain af- avenue of your life, and uh, going like uh, what you were able to accomplish in this case with running sort of helps you sort of open your eyes to what might be possible by putting in the same drive into something else. And so it's, it's a very much a, a spillover effect. Um, is, and so that's kind of what's helped keep me in it. And so, yeah, and I've just fortunately been able to keep it at a, a like a pr- pretty good level. And, uh, and you know, it's like you said that um, some people have commented that what I've done is um, lifted them up in some way, and that's great. And I see other runners, like for me, um, you know, you see great examples like Colin Pure out east. You know, I got fortunate to have met him a couple of times, and like it's stuff like that that sort of keeps you in the game. And, uh, and then you meet some of his other other friends, and you know, there's uh, people well into their 50s and 60s there that are still grinding it out. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, it's something I would say if people were thinking of stopping it, I would just do whatever you can to sort of stay in it because it's 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 well well worth it. Well, it's uh, man, it, it's it's been a real pleasure to to watch you all season. You know, just go out there and uh, and and just show how how well you can perform. It's uh, it's personally been been a very big inspiration to to myself to to see you out there at those meets. And uh, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show this week, and uh, and you know share a lot of a lot of the knowledge that that you've gained. Oh well, my pleasure. Thanks for calling. Huge thanks to Michael Gill for being on the show this week. Big thanks to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to hear more from us, you can find us on Tracky.ca, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And hey, while you're there, be sure to give us a like, a rate, a subscribe. It helps us out in a huge way. Big thanks to you for listening. My name is Michael Rokas, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Terminal Mile. This has been a Tracky Radio production.